Many years ago, before there were aeroplanes, um, you, if you wanted to come to the United States, you'd have to go on a boat. And there was a story of a family, and they set out for this several-week voyage to leave London and go all the way to America. The father pulled the kids together, and he told them that we can't really afford to uh, buy food on the ship, so we have packed enough food for the next few weeks, and we've rationed it so there'll be a certain amount of food and a certain amount of crackers and a certain amount of cheese that we will live off for the next few weeks. So they set off on their journey, and every day the father would, 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 would ration out and proportion out the food for his family. And on the day before they made port, they were pulling up the day before, and the father called his kids together with his wife, and he said, you've done great. You've, we've eaten, we've looked at, we've, we've proportioned as well, we've been economical, uh, we've budgeted, it's been really good. So tonight, we are going to go down to the, to the big hall, to the ballroom where everybody else eats, and we're going to dine with everybody else at the banquet. So they dressed in the finest clothes that they could, and the father led his family down the stairs, and as they got to the ballroom entrance, there was the captain of the ship. And the captain smiled and said, we've not seen you here before, and the father explained, no, um, we've been We've just been proportioning out our food and budgeting our food for the last few weeks before we made port. To which the captain's face went white. And he said, but sir, did you not realize that your ticket included food for every meal, for every day, for every week that you've been on this voyage? And I think when we don't live in the fullness of everything that Jesus paid for on the cross, we live like that family. We don't realize the access we have to the power of the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now at work in you and will give life to your mortal bodies. And I don't know about you, but I want to live in the fullness of everything that Jesus has for us. In 2 Peter chapter 1, it says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us. His divine power. Everyone say divine power. His divine power. There's a lot about power, isn't there? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. His divine power. His divine power has given us everything that we need for life and for godliness. Church, there's so much that we haven't accessed. There's so much life. There's so much authority. Jesus says all authority I have given to you. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. I've said this many times over the years, and if you've been around long enough, but, but the devil has power, but he does not have authority. Jesus says, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. If you go through that room back there and you turn left, there's a, there's a power closet, and in that power closet, there's a big handle that says on and off. The person that has the key to that closet has the authority to go in there and shut off all the power. Jesus says, I've given you authority over the power of the enemy. The devil has power, but he doesn't have authority. Authority always wins over power. Those of you who've been to the third world have been to India, I think, nine times now. And um, India is, is no, actually no longer a third world country. 
Um, so they do have traffic lights. But when I was there uh, many years ago, I'd go every year on business. I would, I would, uh, I would notice they would never have tra- they would never have roundabouts. It would be a policeman stood on a bucket and he would direct traffic. And there was a story of a, a group of young boys. They were Boy Scouts and they were walking across the street. And the policeman got off his bucket to attend an accident. And without seeing it, without anyone noticing, this little boy left the group and he went and stood on the bucket. And he stood there and started putting his hands up, telling the traffic to stop and then telling other traffic to go and other traffic to stop. And the traffic stopped. When he said stop, the traffic stopped. When he said go, the traffic went until the policeman realized what was happening and took the boy off the bucket and told him off and sent him back with the other Boy Scouts. What's my point? Why is it that a little boy can stop traffic? They were big trucks because he was stood in a place of authority. And church, when we stand in a place of authority, when we realize our authority, we start to realize that the the enemy is actually a toothless lion. He has power, but authority always wins over power. When we stand in the authority that Jesus has given us, nothing can overcome us. Nothing can overcome us. Why? Because it's so much power. Amen. Um, Proverbs 25, I'm I'm not going to keep you much longer. 25 verse 2 says, It is to the glory of God to hide things, and it's the king's privilege to find them. It is to the glory of God to hide things. And it is the privilege of kings to find them. Another translation, it is, says, is to God's glory to conceal a matter. And it is to the, to the glory of kings to find them out. Hands up if you grow, were growing up, you did Easter egg hunts. I know they're not in the Bible. It's okay. Don't freak me out. I just, I know. They're great. They're awesome. Every year, until probably this year, because I think our boys kind of motion to their mother, kind of we don't really want to get up early and look around the back garden for Easter eggs. We can see where they are anyway. But when they were younger, this year, every year, we would hide Easter eggs when we lived in, in, the, in downtown St. Charles in our little back garden. We would hide the Easter eggs and and, and we would then stand at the door and watch our kids go and find them. And they'd have their little buckets and they'd race around filling their buckets with the eggs. And there'd be little toys in some. And You know, it is, God is like that with us. It is to his glory to hide things for us. And it is our privilege to go and find them. It is to the glory of a king to hide things. It is our great privilege to find them. When we hid those Easter eggs and we said, go on boys, go and find them, we didn't go in and close the door and sit down and watch TV. It was our great pleasure to watch our kids search for things and find them out. And church, I want to encourage us this morning, there is so much more to discover about the mysteries of God. God is awesome. Oh, the depths of the riches. How unsearchable are your ways, oh God, beyond finding out. There's so much more. Paul taught us to pray in Ephesians chapter 1. I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you can know him better. The hope to which he's called you, the glorious inheritance in the faith. 
There's so much more, church. And I think we, on Easter Sunday, I want to just leave you with this, that we don't just leave here today going, yeah, it's Easter Sunday, got a lot of food to do, and we've got a lot of people around, and it's busy, busy, busy. But to remember the authority that we have and the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is now at work in us, and that we don't go through life living substandard to everything that Jesus paid for on the cross. Because it's ours. We have access to it. The curtain was torn. See, God never got rid of the priesthood. He just made us all priests. So we can, go, we can go in. We have access to go straight in. God hides things for us. He doesn't hide things from us. He hides things for us. He doesn't hide things from us. He hides them for us because, so that we have the great privilege of going and finding them. So search Read your Bible. Ask the Holy Spirit. We've just been on this fast. We're coming to the end of knowing this, this, this three-part series for this whole year. As a group of churches, we're all doing it together. From Daniel eleven thirty-two, 32, those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. And the first four months, which we're coming to the end of now, is knowing God. Those who know their God, and we're about to tip over into will be strong, and then the, we'll finish the year with and do great exploits. But first of all, we need to know God. It's sequential. If you know God, then, you, then you're strong. If you're strong, you'll do great. You can't do great until, you know, until you're strong, and you can't be strong until you know him. So too many people die without fulfilling their destiny designed for them by their creator. Ephesians chapter 5, I read this earlier this morning, says this, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise for the days of evil. And then Paul says this, make every effort to make the most of every opportunity. Wow, read it for yourself, I'm, I'm running out of time, but make the, make the most of every opportunity. Church, make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of your life. This is it. Life is going fast really, really quickly. You know, I remember when we were pushing the twins when they were first born and, you know, and round town with their little matching shorts and their, their red curly hair. And now they're driving cars. And I remember people thinking, oh, they grow up so fast. I'm like, yeah, well, that was a really long night. <laughs> Changing diapers. It's like, didn't, it's not going very fast for me. And then suddenly you look back and you think, wow, where did all that time go? You know, I, I, I figured that I'm, I'm approaching um, halfway through my active life. I mean active life. I want to live a really long time. And so I, and I know I'm a little crazy, but I just made myself a plan for the next 45 years of what I want to do for the next 45 years, what I want to accomplish before I stand before the king, unless he comes back. Now you may say, well, I don't even know what I'm doing today. That's just weird. That's okay. I'm, I'm a little weird, right? But I, I just want to make the most of my life. I want to, I want to live life to the full. There's, but the most important thing is that we build something and leave a legacy for a generation that we'll never meet. Legacy is really important to me. DNA is really important to me. And listening to the prophetic word, the reason we're here in a gymnasium in flip seats today with all the challenges and all the work and all the sound stuff and all the, is because of a word from God. If we didn't have that word from God, we're like, forget this. Let's just, let's just, we were doing fine. Everything's just great. But no, we have to keep moving on. We keep, have to press on towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ Jesus is calling us heavenward. So I want to encourage you, 
Don't live like that, fa- that father with a family, living, budgeting, and, and, and pulling back because of a lack of understanding. People perish through lack of knowledge. People perish. They die through lack of knowledge. Get knowledge. Get understanding. Search. It's to God's glory to hide things. It's our great privilege to go and find them. Let's find out what God wants us to do. Ephesians 6, Paul says this. And finally, find out what pleases the Lord. Find it out. Find out what God wants. Find out what pleases him. Find out. Find out what is your God-given shape. You know, we were all made originals, but sadly, most people die copies. We're called to be a voice, not an echo. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. God has made you completely different to anybody else. We just had, went to the uh, immigration office this, this week as a, as a family to do our, our biometrics, and they, they took our fingerprints, and they checked my hands to make sure they were really my fingers. They're like, can I see both? And they did fee as well, so it made me feel a little happy. I was like, why me? But they wanted to see that I wasn't, because they know my fingerprint is just my fingerprint. And as long as this really is my hand and I haven't got a glove on or something, that is me. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are originals. From, th- from hundreds of thousands of people who have lived here on this planet since the beginning of time, there are few people that have made such a mark. Now stay with me, don't don't lose me, I'm I'm nearly done. But only a few thousand have made a significant impact that we would all know about in the way they live their lives. But only a few hundred you would recognize. You ready? Aristotle. From 384 BC to 222 BC the greatest philosopher and scientist of the ancient world. Confucius, 551 BC to 479 BCC, BC. A philosopher interested in personal and political conduct. Buddha, stay with me, I'm going somewhere. 563 BC to 483 BC, founder of Buddhism, who's had a profound effect on this planet to this day, I think we would all agree. Caesar, 63 BC to 14 AD, the founder of the Roman Empire. Mohammed, 530 AD to 632 AD, the founder of Islam. Christopher Columbus, yay! 1451 to 1506, discovered the Americas in 1492. Galileo, 1564 to 1642, the scientist that developed the scientific method that so influenced the way we see science. Isaac Newton, 1642 to 1727, known for his achievement in optics and pure mathematics. Hans Christian Andersen, 1805 to 1875, Famous for books like The Ugly Duckling. Charles Darwin, 1809 to 1872, who revolutionized science with his theory of evolution. John Dunlop, 1840 to 1921. Uh, No, not, yeah, 19 something. Uh, The Scottish inventor who invented the tire. We're all thankful for tires, are we not? It makes uh, travel a lot easier. 
Sigmund Floyd, 1859 to 1939, Picasso, 1881-1973, famous artist, affected the world of art. Walt Disney, 1901-1966, famous for his cartoons, films, and Disneyland. Martin Luther King Jr., 1928-1968, famous USA civil rights leader. Mother Teresa, 1910, and on her grave it says to eternity. These people have affected the way that we think. They have affected our politics, our religion, our laws, our science, our art, our philosophy, and our leisure. And every single one of them have one thing in common, and that is that they are dead. I look at world religions, I think, but your leader died, and he's still dead. Wouldn't it make sense to follow the one that got up? Wouldn't it make more sense to follow the one that conquered the grave? You take me to where your leaders are, and I'll show you their bones. But if I take you to where our leader died, they're gone. Because he beat the grave and he's alive. And the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is now at work in us. Death is the ultimate statistic. One in one people die. William Wallace, the famous William Wallace, said in the movie, all men truly die, but not all men truly live. The reason we live, church, is because the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is now at work in us. He's alive in us. It's not like, yeah, he rose from the dead. No, he's alive in you. He's alive in you. The Holy Spirit is inside of you, and he wants to get out. He wants to use your hands and your mouth and your feet to do something great for him. Not just make Dunlop tires or make up religions, but to do something and see the whole world changed. Okay, too much. Sir Walter, Walter, Sir Oscar Wilde said, there's only two certain things in life. Death and taxes. We need to know the power of the Holy Spirit. If we needed more money, God would have sent us an economist. If we needed more politics, he would have sent us a politician. If we needed a psychologist, more psychology, he would have sent us a psychologist. If we needed more entertainment, he would have sent us an entertainer. But what we needed was forgiveness 
So he sent us a savior.